The Bible says, teach me to count or number, teach me to number my days, that I may produce a heart of wisdom. And this is what we've been looking at over the last two weeks, is the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world. It is a very wise truth. Teach me to number my days so a heart of wisdom is produced within me. Help me to appreciate the life that you've given me is another way of saying this. So at the end of my days, a heart of wisdom would have been produced in me. Because a wise heart is a heart that is effective for him. A wise heart is a heart that's come into the fullness of what God would have had that heart come into. So teach me to, to, to number my days that I'm not casual with my life. So my life goes and I'm 45 and I've really learned nothing. I may have some cool stuff, some cool toys to show for it. I might have a nice house, might have a, a boat, might have a pen, uh, penthouse in the middle of Jamaica somewhere. But really I've got nothing because the life I was created for, I still don't know. Um, and so I've got no wisdom. And so I'm not, my life just seems to be fleeting by and I'm, I'm more surviving than I am living so teach me to, to teach me that I must number my days because I don't know how long I've got. I don't know whether I'm dying tomorrow. I don't know that next week I'm not here. So Lord, teach me to, to take life seriously. Teach me to take you seriously. Teach me, show me that what I've been called for, what I've been chosen for really is important. And I must be someone who finds that. You want me to be a son that seeks wholeheartedly. You want me, as my father, to understand and come into the life that you had for me. So I want to have a heart of wisdom. Does anyone else want to have a heart of wisdom? And then with that heart of wisdom, I want to glorify your name. So I want people to see you in me that they may know you and find you because of the wisdom that's in me. I want to be able to demonstrate a reality that would literally grab people out of their reality. I want to be able to demonstrate a love that someone's never seen. I want to demonstrate a reality that if I'm persecuted or someone hurts me or offends me, I'm able to demonstrate the other, the opposite, the reversal to stun them with love to paralyze them with the goodness of God because that's in me, because the wisdom is in me, which means I'm then able to demonstrate wisdom. Not the wisdom of the world, not the world that lives for itself, not the world that wants itself first, not the wisdom that says it's about me and what I'm getting. And now before that's satisfied, I'm not looking at anybody else. No, help me, Lord. Teach me to number my days that I may seek you. Find this wisdom that's yours, that I may live completely opposite and the reversal of to everyone around me so that I may bring glory to your name and have such a confidence of the day that I stand before you knowing that I'm going to receive the reward that you bought and paid for me to receive. A reward of righteousness. A crown of righteousness. Wow. So if you want to know why we're looking at wisdom, that's why we're looking at wisdom. The whole entire book is a book of wisdom. Because the whole entire book is about Christ and Christ is the wisdom of God. I said before, I'm going to say it again. Um, my children... Um, and I have two girls, Danielle, I have two girls, nine and six. They love to wrestle with dad. Any other dads love to wrestle with your kids? Your kids love to wrestle with you. My kids, they love to wrestle with me. I had to wrestle with my dog. The dog won last night. Maybe you can see it. I got, a, I got a paw in the face as I was wrestling with the dog. So our dog loves to wrestle with dad as well. 
got to be a bit careful with the dog. She has bigger teeth than the kids. <laughs> but um, especially uh, when they were younger, Lily. Lily, when she was, you know, she was trying to pronounce, she goes, Dad, Dad, can we whistle? Can we whistle? And I go, oh, do you want to whistle? And she said, no, no, I want to whistle. I want to whistle. And I said, oh, you want to wrestle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we whistle? And Lily, you have to watch Lily because she's got no fear, this kid. And she would jump up. I mean, you've seen the WWE. She gets on the top of the couch, you know, and she's standing up like this on the, on the, we've got these couches that are sort of flattening these big arm things. She would stand on the top of that and jump off, like launch, like, you know, like the million dollar man. And if you're not careful, one day I, I was wrestling with Madeline at the same time they tag team me. And it's all like, get that in a headlock and you gotta be careful because knees fly everywhere and then it's like, boom, mate. And you know, this one day Madeline was on me. I, I just caught Lily. I just, this corner of my eye and she's diving through the air. Like, Wah! And I managed to catch her just as she, before she hit the deck. It's like, mate, this kid is crazy. But my kids love to whistle with dad. Let's whistle. And, uh, I mean, Madeline is, they're getting taller and taller, so it's getting a bit crazier. Dad has to be a bit more careful, but God wants to wrestle with you and I. He loves it when we wrestle with him, when we wrestle with him. In the wrestling for a reality, we come into something. So he led them out of Egypt and he brought them into a promised land. He led them out from slavery fear, bondage, and brought them into a life that was full of huge bananas, huge fruit, cisterns that you did not dig, vineyards that you did not grow, cities that you did not build, but they are yours. So he wants to take us from a reality and bring us into a new reality where we find a life in us that we did not dig, Cities that we did not build. Peace and a joy that how did that get there? A freedom, how did that get there? I didn't set myself free from it, but I positioned myself and I believed and received and the word itself went to work and did a work that now I'm in something I wasn't in before. I'm now in a greater wisdom of God living from it, being able to demonstrate it than I was the day that I met him, the day a year ago, the day five years ago. Why? Because I'm walking with him, partaking of his life and coming into more of him. Wow. Coming into this wisdom. Why? Because I wrestled with God. I wrestled with him. You know what I love about the analogy of wrestling and boxing is that... In boxing, you're trying to really knock the other person out. But the problem is when you knock the other person out, they can get up and come at you again. And you can knock them out again, and they get up and they come, and they're relentless. But in wrestling, the whole point of wrestling is you try and bring your person to submission. Think about it. So they tap out. So they don't get back up. And come at you again. They've tapped out. God says, come and wrestle with me. So I can get you in submission. So you can tap out. You can tap out. And stop fighting me. And then receive me. Now live. Get up and walk. My kids haven't learned that one yet. They're still trying to beat that up. <laughs> So let's go to 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 1, starting at 18. Yesterday I had the privilege and the honor, and I don't want to embarrass these guys, but of marrying Miles and Renee Burton, and uh, so thanks guys, it was a privilege being with you guys, and um, they're just over here. Don't want to embarrass them, but they're over here. <laughs> Maybe we should get them to stand up. Don't want to embarrass them, but they're just over here. <laughs> Come on, stand up.
So um, we had such a good time. People from this community met um, some friends from Auckland uh, who were awesome. And man, the South Africans know how to eat. <laughs> they really do. I love the South Africans. They know how to eat good food and a lot of it. Hey, <laughs> Amma, where we are. Amen. All right, let's go. 1 Corinthians 1. 18, the wisdom of God, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who, are, who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren, that you were not sorry, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things of which are strong. Verse twenty eight, and the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by doing, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. 31. So that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Just come back with me to verse 18. And there's a couple of things we just want to look at. Verse 18, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Say the word of the cross is the power of God. The word of the cross is the power of God to those who are being saved. This message of death, and life to those who are being saved is the power of God. And there's a double-edged sword to this passage. So the power of God saves all those people who are going from an unsaved state into a justified state. People that don't yet know Christ, the power of Jesus' word, this message of death to life, is the power of God to save a soul. To those being saved, because it's present text as well, it is also the power of God to do a work in the church, to continue to bring us into more. So those of us, we don't consider that message, we're not to consider that message foolishness. Because we have been justified, been sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. But then he says, I want you to enter into more of me through the word of the cross, which is a message of death to life. So the more we are being transformed, renewed in the mind, because we're letting go of mindsets that we think are either his or true, through his power, the word of the cross, it brings us into his reality, his realm, which means we're now able to live from this new position. Does that make sense? So this word of the cross, this message of death to life, out of one realm into the other is a message where the power of God, we can find the power of God to propel us as we let go. So just come with me to Matthew 16, just as one little example. And we've used this before, but I'm going to continue to do this again because as we're going to look at today, this demonstration, this wisdom is to be demonstrated. So I'm just going to quickly run through this. Matthew 16, 21. Jesus foretells his death. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem 
and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny the God of self. Before you ever start in ministry, before you ever pick up your cross, before you ever come and follow me, Peter, you've got to deny the God of self. Because the God of self is going to try and define everything. See, you're already trying to do it right here, Peter. You're trying to stop me from going to my death. Why is it when the message of death comes, the flesh wants to propel everyone away from the message of death, but the word of the cross is a message of death and life? Isn't that funny? How our flesh doesn't want to die, but whenever the message of death is proclaimed, the flesh runs 10 trillion miles away from the message, but that's where the life is. And Jesus is saying to Peter, hey, you, get behind me this demonic wisdom. Did anyone go have a look at James 3.13? The scripture I gave two weeks ago where it says this wisdom of the world is demonic in nature. It doesn't think like me, doesn't act like me, doesn't posture itself like me. It com- acts completely at the reversal of me. So Jesus is going, I'm going to my death, wisdom of God, otherwise we're not here today. And Peter, wisdom of world, goes, no, you're not. Wisdom of the world. So then Jesus says, hey, you, deny the God of self that's thinking and speaking right now. See, there's two gods, the God and then the self. And if we don't allow him we don't come to the message of the cross christ crucified we're gonna live which means we're gonna demonstrate not the wisdom he calls us to demonstrate so how does this transition happen ah great question death to life there has to be a death and a life for there to be a resurrected life If you want and I want the indestructible life of the spirit that is found in Christ, then we have to go through the Christ crucified door. Not once, your whole life. No, no, I did that the day I invited him in. Well, you're going to do it continuously because I don't know about you, but I know... I don't have my mind completely renewed yet. So for my mind to be renewed, it has to let go or continue to be renewed. So my mind got renewed six years ago because I used to think it was all about reaching lost people. I would have sworn black and blue. The whole point is about reaching the lost. You then disciple people to reach the lost who are discipling people to reach the lost, who are discipling people to reach the lost. Then God got hold of me and said, I want to show you some things, son. But that came through a a, a words that I had no understanding on. So I'm being spoken something that I don't have ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to understand it. And then I had to die to my understanding of what I thought. I had to put my thinking aside. I had to put it over here and then go, right, I'm going to look at this without any smear, any presupposition of what I think. And I'm going to look at that through the lens and go, God, if this is you, if this is you, then I need you to reveal it to me because today I have not got a clue about what I'm hearing. But I had to put my thinking aside. Leave it there and then go, right, I'm seeking you with an open heart, a humble heart, a hungry heart. If this is you, 
I will receive. Because you tell me you will lead me into. If I seek you with all my heart, you want to renew my mind. So I'm coming to you like a child asking you to show me. But I had to leave my thinking there. I'm so glad I did because 18 months later, not only did he show me what was being spoken, he took me into a whole other (laughs) dynamic of him. And my mind got renewed, but it only got renewed because that day I said, I'm prepared to leave what I think is true right there. And I don't care how long it takes, I'm going to seek what I'm hearing. See, Moses turned aside to see why the bush wasn't burning. And he came into. But if we're not prepared for our current level of mindsets to be challenged in what we think, now it may or may not be, but if we're not prepared for that, guess what you will never come into? You'll be in what you're in your whole life. But there could have been way more because, I don't know, does anyone know all there is in him? Anyone want to be bold enough to make that claim? No, even Paul didn't. And Paul's allowed to write books and still say, I want to know you more. I want to know more of the power of your resurrection. I want to have more fellowship with your suffering so that I can. Not that I've already obtained all of it, but I press on towards the prize for which I am called, to which Christ laid hold of me. And if anyone else disagrees, the Father will reveal it. That's the Apostle Paul. So we're in this interesting situation here because here we see Peter. And he's denying. He's living. And Jesus says, get behind me. Submit to me. And let me show you. And he does. That man did. The difference between him and Judas is he repented. Judas didn't. I find it fascinating how Judas is in the picture and for what reason. Come with me to verse 24 in 1 Corinthians 1.18. Because these two bits go together. So 1, 1, 1 18 and 1, 1, 22 to 24. For indeed Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Do Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles a foolishness, but to those who are called. Are you called? Are you chosen? Have you been set apart? So, we, both Jews and Greeks, no definition between the two, people of the Spirit, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, but to these other people was a stumbling block. What was that? That was the cross. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Die to yourself. What Muppet said that was the wisdom. Who comes up with this stuff? Who wrote this stuff? Who wrote this rubbish? Die to yourself. Yeah. They must have taken the red pill instead of the blue pill. Good movie. Or it's a stumbling block. But to those who are called, the message of death to life is the wisdom of God. Do you realize that it can be a stumbling block for us? It's not about lost people as a primary objective of God. Greg, six years ago. Whatever. You want me to believe it's about the bride? You want me to believe it's about the commandment, not the commission? Whatever. Why? Because I know. Because he's put this stuff in me and I know. See, that message could have been a stumbling block to me. Certainly is a stumbling block to a lot of people. I've discovered as I've journeyed it out. 
foolishness. It's foolishness, all right? Absolute foolishness. Because I already do love God with all my heart. I do. I want to get on to ministry. See, when Jesus came to Peter and he said, Peter, I've got a new commandment for you to live out. Do you know what Peter's response was? Why can't I go where you're going? Because Jesus said, where I'm going now, you guys can't come. See, he's more transfixed with why he can't go somewhere than he is with the commandment he was just given. Why do you think that is? See, he's more interested in ministry. He's more interested in being the hero. He's more interested in people looking at him. So he completely misses the commandment of heaven. And he's more interested in in figuring out why he can't go where Jesus tells him he can't go. Because that's messing up his plans. And yet, when the man is called upon, when he's asked upon whether he loves the Lord, because he professes he does, he can't fulfill the wisdom of God because the wisdom of the world still hasn't been outworked in him because he rejected the commandment then and was more interested in doing his own thing. I relate to that man so much. a stumbling block foolishness no it's where the life is christ crucified what's found there the power of god why do you think paul said i want to know the power of your resurrection what did paul know about christ christ crucified that we are still to discover What did Paul say in 2 when he says, in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, I'm not going to speak of anything but Christ, Christ crucified. What is it about this message, this word of the cross of death to life, the letting go of oneself and grabbing hold of the God of the universe that creates so much life? My main thought for the day, the word of the cross, Christ crucified, puts to death the wisdom of the world within us and creates the way for the wisdom of God to be established within us. The word of the cross, Christ crucified, puts to death the wisdom of the world within us and creates the way for the wisdom of God to be established in us. God takes the things that are not and he completely and utterly nullifies the things that are with them. In other words, he takes all the things that are operating system of the wisdom of the world, he takes all those things that it builds its life upon and he completely turns it on its head. He reverses it completely. Just come with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 2. One to five. And time flies. One Corinthians two, one to five. And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men but on the power of God. 
See, this is what we've done in Christendom. We think someone who has the ability in the mind to gather information through reading books, commentaries, and then get up and then be able to articulate that information called truth in a way that's logical, that makes sense to us, we go, wow, they're wise. Look at what they know. Well, unless that person's able to demonstrate what they profess, Paul says, that's not wisdom. In fact, Paul says, I don't come to you like that at all. I come in fear and trembling. I don't trust in my ability to be able to do this thing. I'm not trusting in me. I'm not coming in persuasive words. I'm coming in humility and a sense of awe of God because he knew he was in that state once upon a time. He knew that he used to be this person. And now he's in the complete opposite of the person he was. Are we? Have we transitioned? Because I'm telling you, in the body of Christ, we put people up on pedestals who can speak, who are maybe great with their language and their orators. And wow, look at the wisdom. And yet, it's void of life, it's void of power, it's void of spirit. It's not about understanding this in your head. It's about receiving in the spirit the power and the life of the word which brings you understanding in your head. We don't understand in the head first. We understand in the spirit. We must receive the word in the spirit. We're going to look at that, which brings understanding. You don't go on a journey to understand God's love in the mind. You receive God's love and it brings understanding. See the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God? The wisdom of the world tells you, go and understand the love of the Father through the intellect. But the scriptures say the complete opposite. It says the power of God will bring you into love, which means you'll be able to comprehend with all the saints how high, how wide, how deep is the love of God. And if that's happened, you know what you're doing? You're able to ask beyond what you imagine or dream because of the power working within you to the God of the universe that clicks a finger and there's light. See, this is the realm the church is to operate from. But we keep teaching the opposite. We keep teaching, this is what wisdom is. My ability to articulate the scriptures in a beautiful way that speaks to, from the wisdom of the world to the wisdom of the world, and the wisdom of the world goes, amen. But the wisdom of God is not being able to be demonstrated in the church because it's receiving the wisdom of the world to the wisdom of the world, which says, amen, back to the wisdom of the world, and there's no change. You and I have been called and chosen to live a life of such a high order. Live a life worthy of your calling, it says. An indestructible life in the Christ. A life that nothing can touch you. No cancer, no sickness, no disease, nothing. As you journey with me, I will take you from one realm into another, even if you die of those things. Those things can't touch us. Can you hear what I'm saying? They will be in my body, but they don't touch my spirit. I'm indestructible in my spirit. I've already died. I'm living in an eternal realm, but here. Because I have the realm of that, because the wisdom of that realm in me. So that views everything the way I look at sickness and death and life and truth is defined by that realm. So here I'm saying I'm for healing, but it's I'm going to die. So whether I'm healed or not, I'm still dying. I'm going to die. I want to be in the life I was called for, not just staying here in this thing. Healing is a blip. It's awesome. Let's get healed now. Let's move on towards the goal, which we were called. Not stand there and make a whole ministry out of healing. And lose the thing we're called for, which is an eternal realm. 
Set your minds there, not here. Celebrate here, but don't get locked down and lost in this stuff. Eye on me, because I want to bring you into my reality, which is now and the future. But while we continue to think wisdom is someone's ability to articulate something in an English language, and then go, wow, and we leave here, but no one's altered, no one's changed, we can't remember what was said 24 hours later, and life just goes on. He must be sitting there going, man, I came to bring my people from a realm called Egypt, which was bondage, slavery, stinking thinking, minimalized thinking, lack, and bring you through the power of my word into me. Booyah! And then my people demonstrate something on the earth called my wisdom, because wisdom is the demonstration of God. It's not how well I can speak, it's how well I live. Do you see love? Do you see peace? Do you see excitement? Do you see truth? Do you hear it? Do you see a life that is risen above the planet, living, not tainted by the world? When the phone goes and it's, oh my goodness, I've lost a job, I've lost someone. What is my response to that? Does my inner realm define that? Because of the kingdom of God being established, the wisdom of God in is then demonstrated and speaks to the thing that's come. It doesn't take me out. It doesn't bowl me over. Are we on this journey of transformation? That's all I'm saying, really. We're all going to be on it, maturing and growing. But are we on it? And then are we able to be the demonstration for it? Because Paul says that right here. He comes and he says this. My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith, Corinthians, they would not rest on my ability to speak. It would not rest on me. Don't put it on my gift so if I disappear, everyone follows whoever around the next corner. That's what we do. Oh, that person who speaks the word so well. I've got to follow them and leave the community that God's called me to. He's not calling me out of that, but you know what? Their gift's going, so I'm going too. We know no one does that, do we? We don't think that way. Oh, man, all that stuff, that person's book. What about the book? What about the book? Is this a first place priority before it is John Bevere and everyone else? I'm not knocking that. I love books. I read books. But is this the first place? The wisdom of God directly to man through the power of the Spirit. Now, I'll go read someone else because maybe they put it in a way that helps me understand. Now, here I'm not knocking what I'm trying to get us into is the realm of the wisdom of God which is phenomenal and then Paul me, says this in 6 just to mess us all up yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature see I do speak words of wisdom to the mature. So it is about words. But it's not. See, there are words and there are words. There is the word and then there are words. So he says this. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who what? Love him. Verse 10. For to us, God revealed them. What things? All the things he prepared 
through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So, here's our challenge. People say to me, I want how-tos to figure out how I come into this life of the Spirit. Well, the Bible clearly tells you how it happens right there. It says the Spirit reveals them. So what we have to be careful is we're not asking for fleshly how-tos to come into a fleshly reality. Because if I'm being honest, guys, that's what I hear a lot. We're actually asking for flesh how-tos to come into the realm of the Spirit. It's not the way in which God operates. The way in which we come into the life of the Spirit is through the Spirit. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, not yet has entered the heart of man all that the Father has prepared for those who love him. The key right there is in those words, love him. If you love him, you will seek him with all your heart. What has not yet entered the heart of man, the spirit, will enter the heart of man because the heart of man is seeking through love what the Father has prepared. It's really simple, but really deep. So this is what we have to be. Through seeking, the Father comes and does a work of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, into you, which brings you and I into the life. It's not a give me the four-step manual thing. Even though I could say this to you, here's my manual. Here's the thing I think people are really asking me. Greg gets up at 6 o'clock most mornings. In fact, Danielle beats me there. Now she goes to my spot and I stay in bed. (laughs) And I spend an hour and a half on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with him. And I sit there and I read and I pray and I ask the Holy Spirit to reveal his word that I'm reading in me. Then throughout the day, I'll spend more time with him. And I'm constantly asking him to reveal, to speak, to show me things of the Spirit. Monday, my day off, I'll have a whole day. Sometimes I'm going to the gym, doing groceries. I'll come, I'll spend two or three hours and I'll just read. I'll take the dog for a walk and I'm speaking to him. Saturday, I'm sleeping in. I don't pick up the Bible pretty much ever on a Saturday um, we're at netball, we're at friends' places, we're chilling out. That doesn't mean he doesn't speak. That doesn't mean he doesn't give me downloads. There is my physical, fleshly how-to. I can do all that and have no life. See, so you can't then go try and copy. Right, he said he an hour and a half on a Tuesday. I mean, I'm going to do that. Then he, then he spends walks with the dog. Got to get a dog. Okay, got to walk with the dog. Then I've got to go to netball games because he said he was at netball games and God speaks to him at netball games. Oh, man. <laughs> the flesh comes out when I'm watching football games. That's something else. Going on. <laughs> you see, it's of the spirit because he just sees the heart. He looks for the heart and he says, how hungry is the heart? If you love me, you'll be found with me. And I long to reveal everything to those who are with me. But to those who are distant from me, I still love them. But like a loving parent, the things that he's looking is, do they really want them? No, they probably spend more time looking for their own stuff. So the consequence is that, is you won't receive. He still loves you. There's nothing that's going to separate you. But he's looking for those who love him with all their heart. He's going, do they love me with all of their hearts? And those that do receive and those that don't, unfortunately, won't. Now, God is still incredible. And I found this. He will even bless you. Now, I'm going to 
slightly contradict what I'm about to say now, because he will still bless you, even if you're over that side of the, you know, you're like a few k's away from him. That's who he is, and he does it to try and bring you over. So he's so phenomenal. Well, my, you know, well, my, here's a physical example. My children over here, their behavior, their acting, it's not up to the standard that we're trying to call them to. You know, it's like, uh, and all this stuff going on. And dad's trying to call them over to this side of the, the building. But then dad still comes and he meets and he says, okay, you know, and sometimes dad blesses the children in the hope that they will want to come over to that side. The danger of that, though, is they go, ah, we got what we wanted. And we won't go over that side anyway. We're just going to stay right here because we got what we wanted. Sweet. We can still act like that and get that. So let's stay right here. And the reason the Father's done it is to try and woo us over here into his wisdom. But if we never journey, we can stay there. And so the way in which this comes is through the Spirit. For those that love, they will seek me because there is concealed truth for my church. But we have to go digging for gold. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 1.17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. I believe with my whole heart that Paul wrote the 13 to 14 books out of Christ, Christ crucified. He says in Galatians, the gospel I received, I did not receive it through man. I received it through Christ, Christ crucified. I received it directly from the Father. So the knowledge he was being filled with. Personally, I believe that knowledge is what came out, the books come out of. So Christ, Christ crucified. See, what we do is this. We go and we study his books, hoping that we're going to understand what he was talking about here. Paul is writing from his reality here. Are you tracking this with me? He's trying to describe the word that's being done through a language. If we want the life that's contained in his books, do you know what we have to do? We have to go through the man's process. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what is written down. And for us to understand that, because we have to have faith. So if I say, set your minds on the things above where Christ is set in heavenly places, but you've been called for an upward call in Christ, and we go, yeah, whatever, then... That truth is going to have no impact on you because you don't even believe it's true. And I don't mean, hey, I believe. I mean, I've got a conviction that that is true and I'm going after that conviction, the power. And when, that is when I receive that by faith in me, I've now got power in me to demonstrate the life of Christ on the earth to the measure I receive that. Does that make sense? See, it's the word of God that changes you and I. It's the word, the living word. So it's nothing about one, two, three step plans. It's seek me with all you have. And as you seek me with your heart that's humble and hungry and is on its face before me, wanting to know me, in my timing, and I see your heart, I'm going to come into a supernatural work in you where I'm going to place my word in you more. You and I can't do that. Our role is to surrender to that. See, I let go of my ability, the wisdom of the world, to do. Man, time, man. I just want to look. Just, can I just come with me to one, one scripture? One Thessalonians, and I'm going to... 1 Thessalonians 1, because I want to give you a scripture for this. 
1 Thessalonians 1, I'm going to start in verse 2. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of our God and Father, knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you. Okay, now this is where it kicks in. Verse 5. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in Holy Spirit and in full conviction. Just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. Proved. Demonstrated. Life. The reality. You also became imitators of us. And of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord was sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve, from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, who's coming to rescue us from the wrath of God. Verse five for our gospel did not come to you in word only. I said last week that you can hear the word, accept the word, say amen to the word and never receive it. So you hear it in word. Yep, good, believe that. But this church heard it not just in word. What other elements were there? Power. Holy Spirit. Full conviction. What's a full conviction? I heard the gospel. Not just Jesus came to die for my sin. They are hearing the good news. They are hearing the fullness of truth. John came preaching repentance. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. I come to bring a whole kingdom message to my people. Not just get saved message. A kingdom. So they're hearing the message... And they hear it in word, the spoken word. They hear it in power, Holy Spirit, full conviction. All of a sudden, the Bible says that you guys, you dropped your idols and then you turned to serve a living God. Does that sound like repentance? Does that sound like how we're supposed to hear God's word, the word received within us? And the things that we love, our idols, the things that we put in place of God, all of a sudden the power of the word comes, it's in us, boom. Those things get dropped, I turn start following the Lord. Over and over and over and over again, not the day you heard, your whole life. Love me with all your heart. All of it. If there are things in there that aren't him, that he has given us, children, husbands, wives, money, sport, jobs, the receiving of the power of the, of the word, the spoken the word, power, Holy Spirit, full receive that by faith in the idols leave. He comes in, they go out, I've just been altered. Thank you, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I now can demonstrate that. I'm not trying to figure out how I demonstrate it. I'm not trying to get the one to step, ten step plan how I demonstrate it. I can demonstrate it because the word of the power which is contained in itself entered into me. I received it by faith. Now I'm turning around. Now I'm following a living God. That's Christianity. Everything else is religion. Everything else is flesh version of something of that. And we go round and round and round and round and round which is the wisdom of the world, but this is the wisdom of God being demonstrated on the earth. Now I have something in me, the word Christ. He says, I am the wisdom. I am the power. I am the bread of life. I am the, I am the, 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 uh, the water. I am the word. So here's our challenge. Are we hearing the word like that? Do we receive it like that? A full conviction. 
Acts 2.37, when Peter spoke, these men heard it, received it. What did they say? Let's go have lunch. No, they said, what do we need to do? He said, repent. What do we need to do? Something has come into us that's changed me. I was once in this state. I'm now in this state. I wasn't thinking of repenting in the morning. LJ, were you? I wasn't thinking of giving my life to the Lord in the morning. No, I wasn't. I was having a whole lot of thought. I hear a word being proclaimed from a man who's in the word, the power of God, speaking it. My heart's ready. I'm open. I'm walking along. They were Jews in this city walking along. Hear something being proclaimed. I think that's truth. My, our forefathers taught us that stuff. But receive it. And now they're going, what do we need to do? Repent. We need to repent. Where's some water? We need to get baptized. What are we going to do? See, this, guys, is the word. This is Jesus. This is what we're about here. We don't come for services just to hear nice messages. We come to be changed, transformed. Why? Because we're seeking him, because we love him, and love propels you into his presence to sit at his feet and say, change me. And he says, great, I'll honor that, because that's my will. And then we're able to demonstrate the wisdom of God. It's awesome. And by the way, you can't take any glory for it because you didn't do it. And you know you didn't do it because you're not that smart and clever. Amen? (laughs) So what? The wisdom wouldn't rest on man. Show me man. No, show me Lord. Apollos may have planted, sorry, Paul may have planted and Apollos watered, but who caused the growth? Man, there's just so much. Um, I'm not going to say more, but I, I, I love, I'll say this. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to speak. I'd love to spend the whole day with you guys. I would love to just keep going and go and go and go and go. There is so much. And yet we have half an hour, 40 minutes on a Sunday to try and wrestle with heavenly stuff. So let's get into it during the week. Let's get into environments and let's wrestle together. And you never know. We could be the community ever, the first community in Wellington where they meet for the whole day. Imagine that. How long do your services go for the whole day and night? And you know what it feels like? Five minutes. There was only one person that fell out of the window. I'm loving those odds. I reckon the rest of them were like, come on, speak. I want to receive. Speak. Because we want to receive. May the voice speak. Not just a voice, the voice. This is the voice. Ricky Martin can come and judge us. I love your passion. Your passion. That's French. He's, he's South American. So, stop now. Now you'll bring out the comedian side of me. There you go. Father, we thank you for your profound work you're doing in us, through us. And Lord, as we wrestle together, as we wrestle with you and one another, Lord, just continue to build us through the power of your Holy Spirit. May we not go down fleshly uh, avenues trying to change ourselves. May we just surrender to the word of the cross, Christ, Christ crucified, and ask you to reveal your word in us more and more. As we meditate on your word, not read it, meditate on it, chew it ask you to reveal it deep in our innermost being, like David said. For our ways are not your ways. He knew that, and he was your king. May we know that more and more and come into your ways so we can live from your ways. I thank you for the authentic work of the Spirit you're doing. Lord, I, uh, may we guard it with our hearts and minds and not be casual with it. 
May we guard it in Jesus' name. Amen.